if you ever, somebody ever hands you this microphone, I'm going to give you an inside bit of information. That's the secret. All right, well, it is a privilege to be here and a real blessing. I, I just always look forward to, uh, to a visit and, and the fellowship and just uh, seeing what God is doing here, as I, I said this morning. And, and 118, I remember when 100 was far away on the other side of the 100. You know what I mean? I, I, I know I'm an old guy, but I, that, was, that was just a couple of years ago in God's blessing. So that's very exciting. And uh, to see these things happening and, and folks getting hitched and God working in that area. And uh, I was sweating there. <laughs> yes, right. uh, but anyway, uh, let's open in our Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 4. And uh, I would uh, like to talk tonight about an important subject. It's kind of related to pastor's message this morning, perhaps, but uh, it, it, they go hand, hand in hand, faith and, of course, hearing. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And uh, this great chapter uh, in the Gospel of, of Mark chapter 4, it, it's really at least the first part of it through the part that we will read in, uh, from verses 21 to 24. It's really all about hearing. And, of course, we understand that we're, uh, we hear with our heart. It, it comes through our physical ears, uh, but uh, it's not limited. Uh, the fact that we uh, have tonight uh, deaf people uh, that are limited in hearing with their ears does not limit them from hearing with their hearts. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, that we actually, it's through our ears that we receive the, the message, but it's with our heart that we truly take it into ourselves and embrace it and make it ours, and that's for everyone. Uh, so this chapter is about hearing. It begins with the parable of the sower, uh, which is really all about how people hear and how people will hear throughout the gospel age. Uh, people are going to hear in, in these four ways uh, and it, quite differently. But we're not really going to talk about that tonight. I just wanted to call your attention to verses 21 to 24, which we'll read now and, and uh, try to draw out what, some of what the Lord has for us uh, here tonight in this place. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? and not to be set on a candlestick. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight and how precious it is to us. And Lord, even the testimonies that we've heard tonight already uh, of the power of your word to comfort us and to encourage us, to give us strength in, uh, in the needful hour. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to be encouraged to be the right kind of hearers of your word tonight. Hearers with our hearts. And here is along the line that your own word teaches us and tells us that we ought to be so very attentive to every word that you've given us in the scripture. Father, may you bless this time. Lord, may you draw us closer to you. May you bring us uh, into a greater attention and heed to the word of God. 
to our benefit and the benefit of those around us. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name and give you thanks. Amen. Verse 24 tells us that we need to take heed what we hear. For with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. Now, I really, I, I've read these verses, of course, many times, as you have, and, and I've uh, thought upon them many times. Uh, but uh, I, I actually looked into what the word meet means. Now, meet is M-E-T-E. Uh, the second word, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. Now, I just in the way we uh, use everyday English, the only place that I know of the word meet is we say that we meet something out, which means that we divide it, we, we give it out. We, uh, it's, it's about giving out, first of all. And so I, I thought that's, that's how I'd always read it, but I, I just I was meditating on this whole matter and the Lord was dealing with me about some things and, and that's why this is we're, we're here tonight really uh, as far as my choosing this part is that it's something the Lord's been dealing with me about again once again I'd say uh, through my Christian life I've been in uh, this matter of hearing and learning how to hear right learning how to hear better and, and learning how to take heed, that, that's kind of, a, it must be a lifelong process. At least uh, I've been uh, some, no small part of my, all of my Christian life uh, in, in trying to, to learn how to hear right, to really listen and to get it early and to get it quickly. And uh, it's really what this is about. So I, I looked up this word. I, I'm not a Greek guy and we don't have to go to the Greek Bible to, to get anything uh, God gives us everything right here, but uh, the, the word measure here, or meet, is really the same word as measure. It's just the verb. It, it's the action. So to, to measure. So with what measure, that's something that you would measure with, like a ruler or a scale. Or, uh, but that with what measure ye measure, it shall be measured to you. So it's about measuring the right way. It's not about how we, at first, initially, it's not about how we give things out, like we think of meeting things out. It's about how we weigh something. So we, uh, in ordinary speech, we talk about weighing our words sometimes, right? When we want to be very careful about what we're saying, we say, well, we're, I, I need to weigh my words here. Meaning that we, we want to make sure that we've got our words right because we're aware that we're trying to say something important and maybe if we went one way or the other, we might say something that's not quite right, that we don't mean or that would be offensive or whatever it is. We, we weigh our words or we measure our words. And it, it means that we consider each of our words that we're going to use when we're weighing our words or measuring our words, we consider each of those words to be important to us. And we want to get them right. Uh, and uh, so we're, it's about paying close attention. Now, not to what we're saying, but to what God has said. Because God has already weighed each of his words. He's taken infinite care to just choose these very words that we have uh, in our Bible and to join them together in just the right way. 
And if God has been attentive that way to put his word together, then we ought to put that much attention, pay that much attention ourselves to what God has said and to each of those words, because they really are the words of God. But the question is, uh, how do we measure right? Because the Bible tells us here that, uh, that with what measure we measure, and see, it's meat because... In English, it, you wouldn't say measure, you measure. It's just not very, not, not very lovely English. And uh, the King James Bible manages to be both lovely at all times and completely accurate, which is, which is uh, an amazing feat. Uh, but it's what happens when God guides even the, even the translation, uh, which we have in English. So it, it's... Just meat, because to say what, what measure you measure, then it's too many measures, right? It doesn't sound right. And there was an old word still around, meat, and so we have with what measure ye meet. So, with what, so how do we weigh the word of God so that we get it right? So that, we, uh, so that we, we place the right value like God did? Well, uh, we, have a, we have a guide to that in the Bible. And let's look at uh, Psalm 19. Psalm 19, please. And this is a psalm of David. And, of course, we, we know this is a psalm that is about the word of God. And David was a man that, not without faults, we know, but that, that God totally accepted even calling him a man after his own heart. And this is one of his psalms, and one of his psalms, not the only, but that concerns the word of God. So he was a man who rightly measured the word of God. He he measured the word of God the way God measures the word of God. And that's important. And God entrusted his word about the word of God to David at this point. And here's what he says in verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How do we measure the word of God? It's like measuring gold. Now, gold, I don't know how much it, with the exact price of gold right now, but it's very high. I think it's $1,500 an ounce or something like just an ounce, 16 of those to make one pound. So one sixteenth of a pound, and it's worth 15. So even the world puts a value on gold. And we've all seen the movies, and I guess they still do it now, uh, where uh, people will go out with a, with a, what, a sieve, do they call it? Help me here with the words, but the, the, they go out with, with a pan, right? They, you pan for gold. And it's got a net in it, it's got a netting in it, and what they're trying to do is they're taking in a lot of sand and a lot of pebbles and grit and whatnot from, from the water and from the bottom uh, of, the, uh, of the creek bed or river bed, and, and they're taking that and they're sifting it. And, and then they're looking for just a little fleck of something really tiny. It could be really tiny, but if it shines like gold, man, they're on it. Because even a little tiny bit of it is really, really valuable. 
in the, in the market sense and in every sense. So just a little bit is, is extremely valuable. Well, the, the, the Bible tells us here that uh, it, it's all gold. There, there's no grit, no sand, no pebbles, no, no waste, nothing to be tossed away as unimportant. It's, it's all gold, all of it, every single word. And so we ought to come to the Word of God that way, valuing this as something that's, that's really precious in itself. Now, David goes a little bit farther, and he says, well, here's why it's valuable. Here's how it's like gold. Now, you can't take it to the... To the you can't take it somewhere on Wall Street. You can't take it to a government office and get money for it. But, but here's in verse 11, Moreover by them... This isn't really where the, the Scripture's about the word of God start, but we'll just continue from the statement about gold, how valuable it is. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Now that, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you wish that there were times in your life that you were warned about something that you then went on and did and regretted it? Wouldn't, wouldn't you wish there was a warning? Well, so warning is a very valuable thing. To be warned to be saved, warned from something, to be saved from doing something that would be wrong, that would be hurtful to ourselves or hurtful to people we care about or those around us. So we can be warned from things by the word of God. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. The word of God is like gold in that it will lead us to do those things that will bring great reward. There will be gold and silver and precious stones in the day. God will lead us to know what those things are and what we ought to do by his word so that we're warned from things that will be destructive to us and to those around us and to, uh, to really what God wants for us. And we will be instructed toward or led toward doing those things that will bring great reward so that if we want to know the will of God for our lives, if we want to know our place of service and what God wants, we're going to find that and be led into that will by the word of God. It's going to take us there to those actions that will bring great reward, right? Every man's work shall be tried by fire. What we do is what is rewarded. What we build, what we, I mean, you're, you're, you're part of something that God has built. And it, it came through, uh, we're not, uh, through, uh, through what Brother Pete and, 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 and Julia did when they, they came, began to do and have continued to do faithfully now these 20 years. And, and, and you're all now involved in that same doing and part of it. In doing of that, there's great reward. Because the Bible tells us to invest our life in the local church. And in establishing local churches where there are not local churches. That's God's plan. And uh, Brother Pete and I both had the opportunity and the privilege and the, uh, the great blessing to get that question settled early. 
and God used Brother Clayton in our, in, in our lives, I think I can say that, to just get that settled, that that's what, we're go- that's what our life is going to be about. And, and, uh, but the word, that's only because the Word of God tells us that's what will have great reward. We, we, we don't have to guess at it. It's not going to come by a feeling, by a mystical feeling. It's very tangible. It's written down. It's fixed. We have the plan. We have the program. It's in the Word of God. And in carrying out that program, there is great reward, you see. And what God does through this church, and it's not limited to Astoria, it it reaches, it reaches well to Siberia for one place. It reaches many other places all around the world, you see. And that's how God wants to to work. Well, we're, we're led to that. Brother Pete was led to this kind of work by the Word of God, in the keeping of which there's great reward. But more, the Word of God is like gold in the, in verse 12, who can understand his errors? I mean, sometimes we don't even know what's wrong, what's right and wrong in, in what we're doing. But it's gold to know, isn't it? It's gold to be able to, to, to know what is good and be able to do that. It's gold to, to, uh, to be saved from an error, to be saved to, to, to do what's right. And it's hard for us to understand that many times, Scripture tells us. It's not easy to understand that. It's not, it's not so obvious. If we listen to the media, we're going to get it wrong. If we're going to listen to the smartest, the wisest person we think we know, we're probably going to get it wrong, unless that person happens to be a person that knows the Bible, uh, which there aren't enough of those around. But you see, we'll understand our errors by the Word of God. And more than that, verse 12 says, Cleanse thou me from secret faults. God, by His Word, will help us to get clean in the inner parts by taking heed. You know, God isn't just about cleaning up the outside, right? He, he's, about, he's about the inside being clean and being right. He really is. And sometimes we just, it's a secret to us. We don't even know it. I mean, we're not talking about the secret sins we hide. We're talking about the secret sins that we don't even know that are there. But because the Word of God is so piercing and because it really is the Word of God and it has a spiritual nature that can even go go between the soul and spirit and pierce into the the innermost person, we we can even get some things right that we didn't know were wrong. Not only errors we didn't understand, but even secret faults. Those are all things that are gold, to be warned, to be led, to have understanding and to be cleansed. Those are, those are valuable things. Those are things that, that, are, that are worth having and worth really giving heed to. And it's open. The Word of God is an open book. And it's as open as, it's, it's like the open door. It's the open book behind the open door. It really is. It's not hidden. It's not for just a few. It's not for some elite. It's not for people with PhDs. 
and doctor's diplomas and people with collars on backwards and specialists. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for you and it's for me. And none of it is hidden. None of it is hidden. There are no, not hidden secret meetings of numerology where you count how many numbers and, and all of these. That's, that's not what the Bible's about. It's plain speaking. It is plain speaking. And back to Mark chapter 4, that's what really Jesus was saying about the time that he was part of and really the author of and, uh, was a time when hidden things were being made open. Purposes of God that he had hidden for a long time, uh, for really from eternity, were now being revealed. Verse 20, 21, he says, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a... Nobody lights a candle to put it under your bed. Right? You don't light a flashlight to, to put it under your pillow. Right? You light, a, you light your flashlight to go around the room and make the darkness light. You, you don't hide it under a, under a bushel. You put, you put it out where everybody can see it. That's the purpose of it. Well, Jesus is now making all the ways of God known. Even ways that were hidden from, uh, from the prophets in the Old Testament, God's making them known. That's just the way it is. It's all open. Verse 22, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. So the real Christianity is not a secret religion for priests. It's not. There's nothing that a priest can get trained in. There's no, there shouldn't even be priests. I mean, while we're here, uh, Jesus is the one true priest. There was a priesthood, all elaborate and, and all by the commandment of God, but it was done away when the one true priest came who would fulfill every purpose of the real priesthood, and that's Christ himself. So God has made everything known in his word. There's plenty of gold. There's plenty of gold. It's not, there's no slag in it. There's no mud and muck in it. It's all pure, and it's all revealed, and it's all open. And with the completion of the New Testament, we have it all. We have something that's perfect. We have something that is God's revelation. So he does not hide his word. And given that that's the case, it becomes a matter of hearing. And again, hearing through our ears, but with our heart. And how we hear. And this business of, of hearing uh, carefully so as to do those things. I, I liked what preacher started this morning with, and I should have written it down exactly, and maybe he'll remember it exactly. Uh, but it was faith is... Can you help me here? I don't want to put you on the... Because I know I, sometimes my morning sermon is gone by the evening. But uh, I know that's not the case with Brother Montoro, but... Uh, faith is believing so as to do it. Boy, there's a lot there. There's a world in that. And, and he, I think he started with the fact that if you don't do it, then it's not really faith yet. It's just considering. It's just kind of thinking. It's, it's, it's some kind of mental thing. Or I think he said something about warm, fuzzy donuts or something. I don't know what it was, but something... <laughs> Uh, something like, I don't want to quote him word for word. I need to be original here tonight. Get, get into what, the, what God said here. But, but that was right. 
that, that was right. It, it's, it's about hearing so as to do and not to do. Right? When we're warned, that means don't do that. When we're instructed, it means do do that. And start on it right away, by the way. If you're instructed to do something, it's one of the lessons I had to learn, one of my hearing lessons, one of my listening lessons earlier was, was man, I mean, do it now. Do it now. If you don't do it now, it's really not being obedient, right? If you, if you, you tell, your, tell your son to take the garbage out and he, and he does it tomorrow, it's really not much obedience because right? <laughs> he should have done it today. It stinks, right? It, it's, it needs to be taken care of. And so obedience is a today thing. It's a now thing. And it's really the simplest of things. It, it's really very, very simple. And yet many times in the Bible, and it's really interesting that God is just so honest about his people. I mean, he, he just tells it exactly the way it was. And uh, sometimes even for the very best, for the, the best saints of God, this business of heeding the word of God wasn't so simple. And there were delays, and there were problems, and there were struggles with it. And I want to take one example, and just one example tonight, and I, I'm not sure of my time frame, but whatever it is, we're going to fulfill that. And, uh, but just one example tonight uh, that I hope will show us what we're, what we're, what we're talking about, that, that, that God really makes things clear. I mean, he makes things clear. The word of God itself is clear and open and it's set out there and it's made plain. God wants to save people, right? He does, you don't hide that purpose. There's nothing, to, there's nothing to hide here. We have nothing to hide. Nobody's been hiding anything here and ever will. From, uh, from our part, from this pulpit's part, I think I can speak for the pulpit, right? And I'm not speaking for the wood. I'm speaking for whoever Brother Pete's going to let stand here. Uh, this is not a deceiving place. This is a truth-telling place, not a hiding place. It's an opening place. It's a truth-telling place, but good truth, the kind of truth that will change your life and change it for good. I mean, change it for good and just keep on changing it for good because it, it needs a lot of improvement, amen? And, uh, and so it, when we get saved, that's just kind of the start of the thing. And if we'll just stay on it and just follow on and, and just treat it like gold and give heed to the warnings and, and follow the instructions and, and, and look for the cleansing and, and seek for understanding, God's not going to disappoint us. He's going to lead us into good things. But it's all about hearing. And sometimes even the best, and I mean the best of the best, have a problem with it. Uh, let's look at an example right now in the book of Acts, chapter 8. Acts, chapter 8. Acts, chapter 8. And we'll read here verses 1 through 5. Now, this is a time, uh, if you're not f entirely familiar with the Bible, this is uh, a time after Jesus Christ had come to our world and uh, lived the life and died the death 
and risen from the dead that we read of in the four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, the book of Acts follows. And it tells us what the early Christians, the first Christians, did with that message. What they, what they did with this precious gold. You talk about gold, right? They were given gold. What they did with it. And uh, let's read uh, chapter 8 and verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now, what we see in verses 4 and 5 is the will of God being done. This is exactly what God wanted to happen. They were going throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria and preaching the word. Now, Jesus had told them sometime before, and not long ago, not long before, that they would receive power. God would visit them in an unusual way, and they would be filled with the Holy Ghost, and by the power of God, they would be witnesses. And they would tell people everywhere about Jesus, beginning at Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So Jesus had told them this, and now they were doing it. Jesus had told them in another place, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And now they were carrying it out. But we can see here the reason they were going, or the cause, the immediate cause, for this preaching of the word everywhere. Verse 1 tells us there was a persecution in Jerusalem. And, <clears throat> and they were scattered. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So this was what was happening. There, there was a per persecution, and a great one against the first church in Jerusalem. Verse 2 tells us the first martyr had died. That was in the previous chapter. The first Christian to die simply for the testimony of Christ. He had just, just died and just been buried. This is what was happening. Meanwhile, there was this man named Saul, who was a religious Jew. And he was zealous against Christians. He would become a great apostle for Christ. But at this point, he's zealous against Christians. And, and he... He, he just was going, he wasn't content with just getting the, scattering the Christians out of the temple because daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. He went into every house and rousted them out and chased them out until they all went into all Judea 
and Samaria. And verse 4 tells us, therefore, they went. Why? Well, because of the persecution. And because Saul wouldn't even give them rest in the homes that they were meeting in, let alone in the temple. And so they were scattered uh, by, the, by this means that, uh, that, that, that God was bringing upon them, which was with hardship and persecution. They were chased to do it. You see, the church was being obedient, finally. But really, if you look at it, not in the most perfect way, right? Am I right here? They, they really were not being obedient in the most perfect way. Now, now, we can understand why they hadn't gone. Jesus had told them, Ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, to, meaning going out from Jerusalem from the beginning point out through the Jewish areas and the mixed areas and then to all the world. Now, we can understand why this might be, that they hadn't done that yet. They were exciting times in Jerusalem, weren't they? Great times, with even thousands of people being saved at a time. I mean, imagine that. One meeting, and you have 3,000 saved, and you have thousands again and again saved, with an unusual fellowship, and common property even and unity, and just great spiritual power. Now, who, who would want to leave that? Who, who would want to leave that? Well, the answer is nobody wanted to leave that. And so they all stayed. I mean, who wants to leave heaven? Right? Who, who wants to leave heaven? Well, Jesus wanted to leave heaven. That's who wanted to leave heaven. That's where he began and he came to this earth. But it was just so sweet there, and it was so good that they didn't want to go. You know, a good church at peace, it's a good place to be. It's a great place to be, right? Amen? Can I hear an amen? I mean, it's one of the best places on earth. It really is. And this was, call it the best of the best places on earth. With the Spirit of God just working and God doing mighty things and, and, and hundreds and thousands being saved at a time. I mean, who would want to leave that church? That church. But the fact remained all that time that Jesus had told them what he wanted them to do. He said, you'll be witnesses unto me, yes, in Jerusalem, but in all Judea and in Samaria and on the uttermost parts of the earth. That word just stood there. And somehow it got forgotten or put aside. Even in the best church, I mean, the, the best church, the greatest church ever, the most spiritual, and the one in which God was doing great and mighty things, all the time. And so even the very best can lose sight in an, of an important part of what God wants. Now, there's many 
amazing examples in the scripture of, of God's people, and even some of the very best, not paying the best attention to, to what God has said. And we could really talk about this at length, but we don't, uh, I, I'm sure we don't have the time for that, and we, I don't think we uh, need to really go there. But, uh, I mean, Abraham, Abraham, his, his obedience, I mean, he, he was supposed to leave his father's house. He was supposed to leave his, uh, his, his, uh, his land and go then, just then. And, and he, he didn't do that until much later. It, it was kind of a delayed obedience. Abraham, we could talk about Moses, but we, we don't want to, uh, to, to stress this. Uh, but uh, when we think about how to rightly look at the Word of God, we, so we can just see that, that even the very best, and they were the best. I mean, they, they were, I mean that God has, has dedicated uh, and entrusted parts of his Word to them, and, and that they've shown themselves faithful, and he's counted them faithful and made them the father of the faithful. And yet we see that this business of giving heed to the Word of God it was a problem, even for the even even for the best, and and those that God has put His seal on as, as being faithful. But there's something about David that began long before he was a king, and before he was even an adult man, apparently, that he took heed to what God said. And he measured it carefully. And he measured it right. And he, he counted it more valuable than gold and than much fine gold. He had the heart and the right way of, of measuring, the right measure to measure with. You know, the Word of God is not hidden away, it's open. It is open to us. Just as open as the Great Commission was to the great church at Jerusalem. It's just as open. But it's still a matter of hearing it. It's still a matter of taking close heed and counting it as gold and listening carefully and, and ready to be warned and, and ready to be led and, and knowing we need to be cleansed. And that we, we may not even understand from what, and it may be even hidden from us entirely, but that God can bring those things forward. That's the measure that we're to, we're to measure when we come to the Word of God. If we want to know the will of God, we'll find it through the Word of God, but take heed to it. Take heed, follow what we see because it's not hidden. It's, it's not away in, a, in some faraway place where we, it's, it's, it's in front of us. And we need to be obedient, and we need to, to be ready to follow what God has given us. What do we have here in the Word of God? We have, we have the Word of Salvation, first of all. That's the most important message, the Word of Salvation, meaning that God will receive us by the cleansing of our sins, and He will completely receive us and make us right in His eyes because of what Jesus Christ has done as we trust Him and repent of our sins. 
That's the most important message to give heed to. And the first thing uh, to listen to carefully is that God is a God of love who sacrificed his son for our sins. It's a word of holiness. It's a word of God continuing to deal with us and to, and, and to make us better. To, to bring us into that, closer to that image that, that is the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And there's comfort here. There's comfort here. I, I so appreciate the, uh, the words tonight about the word of God and, and about the comfort that those words were because that's God speaking to us. But, but we have to heed it. We have to just listen and realize whose voice that is that's saying that a mother may forget her sucking child. But I will remember you. Because you are mine. I mean, what a precious thing. What a comfort. What, what, a, what a strength through storms. It's real. And the word of God is true. And we need to take heed how we hear. God's not hiding anything from us. He's not hiding anything. Nothing is difficult here, really. We need to measure with the right measure. Like we've got gold and it's open before us and it's glistening and we just need to, to search things out in the light of it and find God's will and carry it out. Be warned. Be led. Be cleansed. It's all in the word of God and by a right and just use of it. It's eternal salvation. It's a better and better life, just put simply, in the ways of holiness and the good things that God really wants for people on this earth, all by the word of God. Let's pray here tonight, and may the Lord have his way in each heart and life. Father, Lord, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, Father, for the truth of it, for the value of it, the power of it, the comfort of it, the leading of it, the warning of it. And Father, Lord, I just pray tonight that with so many assembled here, Lord, that you might search each heart and meet with each person, Lord, by your word. And Lord, may you help us to give ourselves to follow what we see here and to seek in your word the truth, the warning we need, and the leading we seek, and the cleansing we need and desire. Lord, help us to seek your word with the right measure, measuring with David's true measure that we have in the scripture. Lord, that we might not be dull of hearing or forgetful hearers or neglectful hearers, but be doers of the word, in the doing of which there is great reward. Father, bless each one here tonight, and may you have your way and will in each heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah.